As you're sitting down, two words we're going to be focused on today. Um, as you're sitting down, say these words with me. The first word is this, pursue. Say that with me. Pursue. All right, and the second word is flee. Say flee. All right, we're not talking about the little bugs. Hopefully none of you are dealing with that. We're talking about fleeing as in running. And, and so pursue and flee, these are, t- these are two words that are going to be big today as we continue our series, He Changes Everything. And I love the progression of the music. I want to point this out that, that we talked about God as our champion. And so as we've, as we've worked through the series, as we continue to work through the series, I want us to understand that the way that we are changed is not through our hard work or anything that we can do, it's through our champion, through God, through his Holy Spirit that's living in us and working in our hearts. That's how we're changed. Uh, but, but then we talked about running to the Father, and today we're going to talk about pursuing, say pursue. pursue. See, even though the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts, if we are followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in us, the very presence of God lives in us, we still have a part to play in this. We have to pursue We have to run to the Father. And we sing a lot of songs about God pursuing us, and that's true. God is always pursuing us, but we have a part to play in this. We have to choose. We have to run toward the Father. And so walking with Christ means being transformed into His image. This is kind of the key to this whole series, that if if you are following Jesus, you are not meant to stay the same, but, but God wants to transform your heart. So, so far we've talked about patience. And we've talked about kindness. How many of you were really kind this week? How many of you struggled a little bit this week? How many of you were just, don't raise your hand if you were downright mean. I don't want to see your hand. Don't do that. I want to say this, by the way, before I get too deep into this. As we talk about God transforming us, I think the temptation is to think that every day I've got to be better than I was yesterday and that there's this continual, and, and maybe we start to beat ourselves up if we have a few moments where we hit road bumps or we, we go backwards a little bit. Listen, I want you to understand God's will is to change your heart. God's plan is to change your heart and make you more Christ-like every day. But hitting a speed bump or, or, or messing up does not mean that you're off the path. It means that God wants to continue to draw you closer. I'm just going to be real honest with you and say there were a few times this week that I did not do the things I needed to do, and I didn't live the way I needed to live. I'm going to confess that before you. There were times this week that my reactions or my patience or my kindness weren't where they needed to be. But here's the deal. I had a a friend tell me the other day, uh, he looked at me and he said, preacher, And listen, back in the day, it was a thing that pastors had to act perfect. They had to act like they didn't have any struggles. And listen, I believe wholeheartedly in being true, truthful and honest with you and telling you that I'm in the same boat that everyone else is. Just because I stand up here and preach doesn't mean that I don't have to fight battles and that I don't have temptations and struggles and that my, I always react the right way. And this guy looked at me and he said, preacher, don't ever pretend to be perfect. And I said, oh, I don't. I'm very honest about my struggles, and I will be honest with you today that there are things that I struggle with. But I want you to hear this, and and this is where we need to be. My heart is completely surrendered to God. And my number one desire in life is to honor and glorify God with everything that I have. And so when I have those moments where I struggle, I gotta get back on the right path, I've gotta run to the Father, 
I've got to seek his grace. I've got to say the apologies I need to say to the people I need to say them to. And I've got to continue to pursue godliness and righteousness. So walking with Christ means being transformed into his image. Listen, if you had a tough week, good news. God loves you. God is here with you and wants to continue to transform you. Galatians chapter 5. We've talked about patience. We've talked about kindness. Today we're going to move into our next one. If you'll stand with me, we're going to read verse 22 to 25. And these are the fruits of the Spirit. These are the areas that you can see. We, we talk about being changed. We talk about God transforming us. These are tangible ways that you should see God transforming your heart and your life. There's a very simple list here. Simple, that's the wrong word. It's not simple, but this is a, a list we can look at and say, is God transforming my heart and my life to look like this? So it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You can have a seat. So, so God is hopefully growing your patience as we talked about two weeks ago. I hope you're becoming more patient every day. And listen, if you hit a speed bump of patience, I hope that God continues to transform you and make those things right. God is growing our kindness. Here's the thing about patience and kindness. Those things are kind of outward things. We can see if you're being patient or not. If I'm impatient, you're going to see it. If I'm not kind, you're going to see it. Today's word is goodness. And I told you last week, these two words, kindness and goodness, could be interchanged. They kind of mean the same thing, but, but last week we focused on kindness as in the outflow of love or the outflow of the goodness of our heart, how we treat others. But today's word goodness is not necessarily just about how we treat others. It's about the character and the condition of our heart. So the word is agathosune, and it means uprightness of heart in life, it means goodness at our core, it means kindness. Here, here's the thing. If you're rotten and mean to people, if you completely lack patience, if you don't love people, like, that probably means that there is a, an issue with the goodness in your heart. On the other hand, you can fool people. Have any of you ever been fooled by someone that they, they did nice things for other people and they acted like they were really good, but, but when you really got to know them, there was, there was something off, and the goodness just wasn't there. Listen, we are called, one of the fruits of the Spirit, one of the ways that God wants to transform us is the character of our heart. So kindness is more about how we act towards others, but goodness is the quality of our character, of our heart, our Christ-likeness. Not just what people see, but who we are at our core. God wants to transform your heart and your life to be whole and pure and righteous. And so here's the thing. God has given us the Holy Spirit that lives with us every day, lives inside of us. And God wants to teach us, to lead us, to be pure. But two words, what are they? Pursue 
and flee. We're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Here's the deal. God is not just concerned with you seeming like a better person. God really wants to do the work of transforming your heart to make you more like him, to have more love for others, more grace, more compassion, more kindness, more goodness. So 1 Timothy 6, this is Paul, uh, and it's a letter, and he's instructing Timothy, his protege, who, who is, is going to go on and take the mantle. And, and in chapter 6, he kind of gives some final, uh, kind of final uh, guide for this letter. He wants to give Timothy just, just a, a really good push in the right direction. And so chapter 6, verse 11, he says, but you, man of God, flee, that was one of our two words, flee from all of this. Now, I didn't read the stuff before. I'll talk about that in a minute. But he's listed a bunch of things that aren't good character, aren't good quality. And he says, flee from those things. And then he says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. In verse 12, he says, fight the good fight of the faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, listen to this, in the sight of God who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just going to stop there. So, so Paul says this to Timothy. He says, flee from the things that are going to take you away from goodness and pursue godliness, righteousness, the things that are of God. Flee from the bad things, pursue the good things. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the life. Take hold uh, um, of the eternal life to which you've been called. And then he says, God who gives life to everything, and in sight of God, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame. Here's the thing. I want you to hear this. I, my goal today is not to stomp on your toes or hurt your feelings or make you feel bad about yourself. I've got great news. The grace of God is much bigger than anything that you've said or done or struggled with. But we are called to be good, righteous, whole people. We're not called to be fake. We are called to grow in character through the Holy Spirit. So, so he sets up this visual. He says, flee from all of this and pursue this. Now let's talk about it. Let, let's just get this picture in our mind. This is very simple. There's a few different things that, that we can use as an example for this. Okay, peak physical condition. Looking the way you want to look. Feeling the way you want to feel. Terrible health, not feeling good, not, can't walk up the stairs, struggling, not looking the way you want to look. So we got two, two extremes here, right? Here's what I want you to get. That the things that you choose send you one way or the other. You have to pursue one or the other. And you can't pursue both at the same time. So let's take a, let's, let's get a, an example here. Bag of Oreos. How many of you like Oreos? They're delicious. I love Oreos. Bag of Oreos, if it's sitting in front of me, I've got some choices to make, right? 
and I can choose to eat a ton of Oreos, and if I choose that, I'm not pursuing looking the way I want to look, feeling the way I want to feel, peak physical condition. I'm pursuing something else by my choice. You got a little bit of time on your hands. Uh, you're sitting at home. You, you've got a free night. You got three or four hours. What are you going to do with your time? Well, I mean, you could sit and watch TV, watch a good movie, eat Oreos. <laughs> you see me moving this way. <laughs> Be lazy. Or you could exercise. You could do the right things. You could take care of yourself. We have to pursue one or the other. There are these simple things, financial stuff. You can have good finances. You can have a healthy financial outlook. You can, you can be in a good place and handle your money well. Or you can be an absolute wreck and you can be broke and you can always be struggling and making the wrong decisions. And so we, most of us have this little card in our pocket and they've made it so easy now, we don't even have to swipe it anymore. Some of you don't even use cards, you just use your phone now. And it's become so easy. And so the way you spend your money, you're either pursuing this way, health, financially, stability, or you're pursuing something else. Marriage. I love my wife. I want to have a good marriage. So, so I can have a healthy, whole marriage where we love each other and we treat each other well, or we can have an absolute broken marriage where we're hurting each other and we're not, we're not good to each other, and so we have all these opportunities. What, how are we going to spend our time? Are the words I say to her going to move us pursue health and wholeness? or push us in the, the wrong direction. What Paul is saying to Timothy is this, we're not neutral in this battle. Yes, the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts, but we don't sit in neutral and say, okay, God, I'm just gonna sit here and hope that you make me into what you want me to be. We have choices. We need to pursue what's godly and wholesome, and we need to flee from what would take us elsewhere. He says, you, man of God, flee from all this. So what he's talking about here, just before this, he's talked about a few different things. He's talked about the love of money, which turns to greed, which makes people do things. Money should not be the root of our choices. It shouldn't be what we worship. He's also talking about um, pointless arguments, godless arguments, arguments that people get into that tear them away. How many of you have ever been a part of an argument on Facebook or anywhere else? You've been a part of an argument and you started to realize that that argument was pulling you away from God. Any of you? Maybe you started to get a little bit mad. Maybe you started to say things that weren't super kind. I mean, just, I'm not going to tell you to get on Facebook because that would be counterproductive here, but you don't have to look far to see people who are allowing those things to not pursue godliness and wholeness, but drag them away. And so he says, you, man of God, flee from all of this. Now, now they didn't have Facebook then, but there were a lot of people in the church that were arguing and fighting over pointless things that didn't matter. And those arguments and those fights were drawing them away from the godliness and wholeness and righteousness that they were called to. 
So he says, you, man of God, minister of the gospel, pursue what's good, flee from what's bad. So let's talk about what we need to flee from. I'm just going to be really blunt with you today about some things. There are some things that we all need to flee from. Pornography, lust. There is no place in the life of a believer for that stuff. And and there is no scenario where that stuff is going to lead you closer to God. It's going to pull you away. So I think we can just say this uniformly. Flee from it. Bitterness. Anger, hatred, flee from it. Negativity, gossiping, flee from it. Those things will not lead us towards Christ. They pull us away. And so we have to flee from some things. But, but then there are things that are a little bit more difficult. There, that list could have been much bigger. There are things that we all just need to run from that are absolutely not of God. But then there are things in our life that Maybe they in themselves are not evil. It's not wrong to go on social media. It's not wrong to spend money and, and, and buy a soft drink or, you know, some Oreos. There's nothing wrong with that. But maybe for you, those things aren't evil, but maybe for you, you need to flee from those things because those things are pulling you away from the godliness and the wholeness that you're called to. Maybe for some of you, I know I talk about this way too much, I'm sorry that I talk about it so much, but maybe for some of you, drinking soft drinks or, you know, eating snacks aren't that big of a deal. For me, they are. I'm just going to be honest. Those are things that I need to get as far away from as I can. Last night, I went to the store, moment of confession, here I am, being real with you, went to the store, I needed to get some Gatorade. Because one thing, I know Gatorade's not perfect for you, stop judging me, it's okay. (laughs) But if I'm drinking Gatorade, I'm not drinking soft drinks. And I'm a lot better, I've said this before about sweet tea, I'm a lot better at drinking one Gatorade than I am at drinking one soft drink. And so last night I went to the store to get some Gatorade. I walked into Kroger. They conveniently have the Gatorade right by the soft drinks. (laughs) And very inconveniently for me, the soft drinks are just so cheap. I mean, it's like the cheapest thing you can drink. You can get eight bottles of Coke for $3. Gatorade's expensive. Confession, I walked in to get a thing of Gatorade and I walked out with two eight-packs of soft drinks. (laughs) I didn't drink them all last night. Stop judging. (laughs) But I got those things and listen, okay, let's go back to our earlier example. I, I want to feel and look and be in good shape. And there is no place for 16 bottles of Coke in my life if I'm going to be that. I, I, some of you know this. I've, I've talked about it. I, I got lucky and I lost 20 pounds just because I went to Mexico and drank the wrong thing and some water or ice and got really sick and lost 20 pounds and it was great. And you know what? Since then, I haven't been pursuing the right things health-wise and I've pursued the wrong things and, and I'm not in the place where I want to be. And so there are these things. You, man of God, flee from those things. There are some things that are just outright. We need to flee from them. As followers of Christ, there's no place for pornography, for lust, for anger, for bitterness, for any of those things, for gossip, for slander. They don't belong. They don't draw us closer to God. But then there are the things, and listen, for, for all of us, they're different. Maybe, maybe you need to take your credit card and you need to freeze it. 
maybe you need to get off of social media. Maybe you need to stop keeping snacks in the house. Maybe don't, here's one, I'm preaching myself, not you. Don't go to Kroger when you're hungry. <laughs> don't ever go to Kroger after 8 p.m. Just a bad idea. I need to flee from those things. So he's saying, Paul is saying, flee from the things that are going to pull you away from God, from righteousness, from holiness. Flee from them. But then he says this, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Way too often in the church we talk about what we need to avoid, and we don't talk enough about what we need to run towards. Paul doesn't just say flee from the bad stuff. He says pursue the stuff that leads you closer to God. We pursue it. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. You know what all fits in those categories? The fruits of the Spirit. You know how we pursue those things? How do, how do I pursue godliness? How do I pursue righteousness? How do I pursue faith and and love may be a little easier, but endurance and gentleness, how do I pursue those things? Well, I told you, the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, is living inside of you and wants to guide you. So we sang this song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And, and, and we're saying, God, let your Spirit move in the way you want to move. And that's really easy to sing on Sunday morning, but it's really hard to say at 10 o'clock on a Monday night or a Tuesday night or maybe at work when people are driving you nuts or whatever it is, we, how do we pursue godliness and righteousness? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come change my heart. A few things we need to pursue here. These are, these are good old church Sunday school answers, what we used to call them. We need to pursue worship. We have the beautiful thing about the day that we live in is that you can find worship music, you can find you can find sermons that are great anywhere. And when you're driving down the road, we talked about patience and driving. When you're driving down the road, you can be pursuing godliness by listening to the right stuff, by listening to messages, by listening to God's word, by by hearing worship and, and worshiping, you need to pursue worship. You can pursue God's Word. God has given us a beautiful guide as to how to live godly lives. And unfortunately, we way too often ignore God's Word. Pursue God's Word. We can pursue the right influences. All of us have probably had some people in our lives who pull us away from God, right? Right? People that brought us down, people that their negativity or their gossip or, or their hatred or their bitterness bring us down. But all of us probably have some people in our life, and if you don't, you need to find them that draw us closer to God. I've talked about this so many times. I had a friend, Kevin, in, in college, and every time I hung out with Kevin, I felt like I was being drawn closer to God because our conversations were right. They were about good things. There was worship. There was study. Pursue godly influences. You know, another way, another thing you can pursue, this is part of our vision, is that everybody would be serving. You can serve others. That's one of the things we're called to. And if this is the truth, that if you will serve for the kingdom, for God, if you will say, I'm going to give of my time and energy to serve others, you're going to grow closer to God through your serving. 
pursue these good things. Here's another one. I'm not going to go really deep into this, but church. We have the blessing and the opportunity to gather together every week to worship. And listen, I'm not stepping on toes. This isn't, this isn't about judgment or anything like that. This is, this, church is not, a church service will not save you. I hear all the time, I can be a Christian and not go to church. Sure, we can argue that all we want to. Here's what I want to say. This gathering, this worship service together is an opportunity to pursue godliness, just like reading God's Word. So flee from the stuff that's going to pull you away from God and pursue the stuff that's going to take you towards God. So pursue, flee. Here's the question I have for you. Just take an inventory of your last week. Once again, I just, I just want you, this is for you and you only. You don't need to raise your hand. You don't need to tell anyone else this. This is for you. Take an inventory of your last week and think about what you were pursuing with the decisions you made, with the way you spent your time, with the way you treated others, with the way you spent your money. Were you pursuing godliness and righteousness? Or were you letting other things have their way? See, if we're going to worship God, if we're going to call ourselves followers of Christ, we have to pursue God's character, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. And we have this beautiful thing. We have God's word and we've got God's spirit. So if there's something you're struggling with, knowing how to decide what to do on, guess what? Two places you can go, pretty simply. God's word. What does God's word tell me about this? And prayer. The very Spirit of God is living inside of you, and if you will ask, God will lead you. Now, can I, I'm going to take a second and just a little bit of a soapbox here. I don't do this very often. Uh, there's a big vote coming up on Tuesday, and, and listen to me very carefully. I, my goal is never to tell you who or what to vote for. You don't need my opinion, but can I tell you what we do need to do? And this is just a, a simple example of the Holy Spirit's guidance is we have God's word and we have the very spirit of God living inside of us. And I do believe that our responsibility, if we have the opportunity, is to be good citizens and vote. What should you vote for? Here's the answer. Look to God's word and pray about it. And let the spirit guide you. I will never tell you who or what to vote, but I will tell you this. You have the Holy Spirit that wants to help you to live a godly life. If, if there's a problem you have, if there's something you're struggling with, you have God's Word and you've got the Holy Spirit. Uh, one of the Great. One of the books that I've read that I love the most is called Winning the War for Your Mind, and it's Craig Rochelle, and in it he talks about replacing the lies with truth. So he says if, if there's a lie that you're believing in your mind that this is better or this is a better path for me and you know it's a lie, replace it with the truth from God's word. Maybe the lie is I'm worthless, nobody loves me, I don't have any purpose and we think those things and they draw us over. God's word will tell you. And in January, we're going we're gonna to study Psalm 139, that we are all created with value by a loving God. Replace the lies with the truth. Don't just flee from the lies, but pursue the truth. 
So we need to pursue God's character. We need to run from anything contrary to it. Verse 12 says, fight the good fight of the faith. He's saying this in the context of, of a church that is, is all about fighting the wrong battles. All right, can, can we get into it again here? Can I go off on another soapbox? Sometimes in the church, I think we fight the wrong battles. I think we want to argue over things that ultimately don't save us. And we ignore the most important battle, and that's the battle for our heart. So sometimes, and please know I love all of you, I'm not pointing at any one of you, but, but sometimes we fight over what kind of music we're singing, or what the sanctuary looks like, or what colors we have, or any of those things. We fight all these battles as if, if we just had the right kind of music, I'd be in a better relationship with Christ. Here's the deal. Worship is first and foremost about your heart. And trust me, I've got opinions on music. I've got opinions on what the church should look like. But the battle I need to be fighting is not that battle. I need to fight the battle every morning when I wake up that I am pursuing the Holy Spirit. I love all of you. Let's make sure we're fighting the right battle. The most important battle is the battle for our heart and our worship. It's not about created things. Now listen, there are some things that if, if you see things in the church that are absolutely against the Spirit of God, absolutely we should fight about that. You should bring that up, and we should have that out, and we should make sure that we're honoring God. But if it's my preferences, the better battle to fight is the battle for my worship. Imagine if every time I got frustrated by something, imagine if every time somebody cut me off in traffic or somebody said something awful to me, I was sitting at the UC game yesterday, and I, I got to be honest with you, the people in front of me, were, they were bothering me a lot. I was like, we need to get out of here, because I'm not in a good place here. Imagine if instead of focusing on the stuff they were doing that was bothering me, if I would have said, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Help me to pursue the right things. He says, fight the good fight. Stop fighting the wrong battles. Stop getting caught up in the wrong stuff and pursue the, the only battle that really matters, and that's that we are following Christ and living for him. Fight the good fight of the faith. Verse 13 says, In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, I charge you to be spotless and blameless. So once again, we have this charge to be good, to be wholesome, to be upright, but I don't want to ignore what he says here. He says, in the sight of God who gives life to everything. See, the reason we fight the wrong battles is because we think life is found in created things at times. We think that the life is in the kind of song, or we think that the life is in the money, or the thing that we can get, or the power, or the position, and we fight the wrong battles. Parents, we spend so much time fighting battles over our kids getting into the right school or getting on the right team or, or getting this or that, and we way too often ignore the most important battle, which is do they know Jesus? Are they surrendered to Jesus? Church, we fight the wrong battles. The biggest battle is are we Christ-like? Not are we winning the war against the people outside of the church. 
But are we winning the war against evil in our hearts? Pursue godliness. Flee from anything that pulls you away for it. In the sight of God who gives life to everything. Hear me very carefully. If you will pursue godliness, God will give you life to the fullest. There are a lot of people I told you, I was at the UC game yesterday. There are a lot of people who are chasing after life in the wrong place, and there's no life there. Those are created things. Only the creator, God, can give us life.